0: Hey Com City Church, it's Andrew and Trey, and we are here with you today as we kind of have our eyes on this Advent season, and we are uh, moving toward the fourth Advent Sunday in our um, Advent expression at Com City. We're going to be talking about the Sunday of Joy. We know it's a little out of order traditionally; Joy is the third week, um, but we're we're leaning in on the theme and the topic of Joy coming up this Sunday, the twentieth. And uh, not only while you're anticipating that, I want to take a moment and invite you to our Christmas Eve service at 4 o'clock at Hillendale Christian Church. Um, We'll be doing that with them. If you've seen their building, it's over on Hillendale Road. But we'll be doing a a combined Christmas Eve service with them. Um, Beautiful space, just a a church that we love that actually houses us. We're doing the podcast here, Trey. We're doing the podcast here at Hillendale because that's where our new offices are. So yeah, please uh, make some make some room for this Advent season to join us for Christmas Eve, or you can join us on Sunday uh, via live stream or in person. So this week, Advent Sunday of Joy, and we're talking about the topic of joy on the podcast. 2020, man, what a year! And it's probably been a year, if we're honest, that joy has seemingly been pretty hard. To come by what do you think Trey
1: yeah I would say I would say that's for sure whether it's um, family struggles with the coronavirus whether you've actually lost a family member or a family member's just been extremely sick or maybe you've had extreme financial trouble trouble personally or with a business or or whatever it may be there's been uh, many things that can absolutely um, just like kind of put a wrench in our heart spiritually physically emotionally all of it
0: across the board you know community hard to come by um economically this this year has been difficult for so many um spiritually i think with the lack of community i think spiritually Mm -hmm. it's been a it's been a different hurdle for so many people um you know just health and wellness just across the board obviously like physical literal physical health with with covid and all that it affects it's it would be easy to say, oh my gosh, 2020 has been a joyless year, but we know that's not true because mm-hmm. our joy is not found in circumstances, um, but in a person. In fact, as we focus this week on the subject of joy, Trey, we're going to look at a famous uh, Christmas song. What do you think of when you think of, what song do you think of when you think of the word joy? Joy.
1: Hmm, I think there's one, uh, Andrew. I think it's called Joy to the World.
0: That's the one that sticks out, doesn't it? I mean, we all sing at it. Even upon saying that, you know, in your head, the melody probably starts to hit a little bit. Um, now, I just want to read the first stanza of Joy to the World that we, we all know so well, but we're going to focus in on it. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature sing. And then of course they're gonna repeat that Heaven and Nature Sing and Heaven and Nature Sing. But let's look at that line. I honestly Trey, I've been wrecked by this line for a few years. Let every heart prepare him room. Gosh, like when you think about the story of Jesus' birth, think about all the places that he wasn't welcomed. Like he wasn't in his hometown. You know, he got he got he and his family left. Their home. So, so his hometown didn't prepare him room. He, they get to uh, the place that he was born and there's no uh, guest room for him, you know, to stay in. And he ends up being born in a manger, presumably on a farm in a stable. And, um, you know, the, I think the concept of there being room for Jesus gets really kind of narratively tied to the story of Christmas. But what is that? What does that phrase mean for us in 2020? Let every heart prepare him room. In fact, it's kind of a two-part question. What does that mean? And then, what does it mean to give him room in our hearts? You know, what do you think?
1: I think in 2020, um, the definition starts to be <laughs> starts to be defined a little differently, especially when we're talking of practically of inviting um not only people but how we would invite people into into literally into our rooms you know like that's kind of the first thing that I think about but we can almost like we can almost like trace this back to our hearts a little bit you know I was thinking about this question and um so my wife and I and especially my wife uh we love to host we love to have people in our home um in our duplex and um we you know, we want to make dinner, we want to uh, organize for the event. Like, my wife is very, wants to make sure that everything I- is clean and all that, and whether or not that's um, always out of, like, the, the heart of, you know, hosting and all that. But anyways, like, she wants to prepare that space. She wants so that um, that the people that walk in, that they feel loved, that they feel um, appreciated, and, and ultimately... We we root that back to the gospel and that's how that's because of how Jesus loved us. It's my wife's desire to host well and, and to make people feel not just like comfortable but, but just like a warmness and a and a so that their hearts feel warm. So where that relates back to our hearts is is we get to prepare for that in this season as we expect um you know, we've been talking through this prayer movement that we that we have going on, and we've been calling it um, "expected prayer for an expected king." Expect, yes, expecting prayer for an expected king. Expectant. Expectant prayer, prayer for, <laughs> for an expected <laughs> that king. king. That's right. But, but that's what we're doing. It's it's we we are expectant of what's to come. We get back to the root of Advent here, and we are ex we're, we're expecting that Jesus is coming as well. So we get to do that in our hearts as well, not only just in the way that we host, but also in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. Um, and oftentimes, we can fill our hearts and our minds and our souls and our bodies in this season with, with things that that keep Jesus out, just like the examples that you said where he wasn't welcomed in so many towns. We see that throughout the Bible, but we're also we also see that in our lives as well. A practical example of this, you, everyone knows or, or has at least seen the movie uh, National, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And so Clark Griswold and his family in the first scene of the movie, they go out to the Christmas farm and, and, they, get, and they cut down a tree and he thinks it's the most miraculous tree ever. Uh, but his family knew from the jump that it was too big, that he wasn't going to be able to fit it in their living room. So of course they get back and he you know saws the roots off the tree cuz he forgot the saw when they went out to get the tree from the beginning and when they put it in the living room and he cuts the cord and the branches fly out so do basically all the glass in the windows and in their living room and all the plates and everything because the tree was way too big it it wasn't fit for their living room because it should have been in their yard that's how big it was and that is often how we fall in by just sin that that dwells in our hearts um, into the Christmas season as well, from just so many distractions that this world offers. But ultimately, Jesus invites us into Him and preparing room for to have Him in our hearts. As yeah, well.
0: no, that's really good. In fact, I want to I want to springboard off a couple of those things. I think that's a really good tie in when we think about the other things our hearts are bogged down by or the obstacles to preparing room in our hearts for Jesus of like, we think we sneak in a small little sin and the next thing you know, we cut the cord and it's like taking over our house. Um, Mm -hmm. But let's look at the opposite of that. Like what does it look like to have a house built around Jesus? In fact, I was helping um, a friend across town move a dining room table the other day uh, that he, he is a, same as Justin Carlson. He, he, helps produce this thing called winter song that'll probably be coming out really soon. Some videos, um, winter song usually is a production that happens in person here in Lexington around Christmas time, just really giving glory to Jesus and honoring, um, just the, the artistic gifting of so many in our city. And so he was doing a video, but he was using his dining room table and we were moving it, uh, to a different space and his dining room table is awesome. It's like this huge kind of, uh, antiquated dining room table with all these leaves in it and it's just it's massive and um, we were trying to get it out of the house and his son was like i don't think it'll fit out the door i don't think it'll fit out the door you know we kind of started asking the question well how did we get it in there how did how did we get the dining room table in?" i mean granted you could take the leaves out take the legs off there's tons of things and i kind of jokingly said to the son oh it was here first they built the house around it he was like no uh no way you know and, and I got to thinking about that, like, what if, but what if that was a great illustration for how we're supposed to treat Jesus in our mm-hmm. life? Like, he's, he takes up so much space that we couldn't move him out if we tried. That's right. Like, we've actually built our house and our lives around him. Hmm. Um, man, I think that's where I go with let every heart prepare him. Room. And, and to what you said at the very beginning, I want to touch on that, too. Like, as you were talking about you and Emmy hosting people in your home, and and making it look the right way like i, I do that too you know i'll go through and my if you if you want to know for sure how my home is going to get a good cleaning it's if i'm having somebody mm-hmm. come oh, over right <laughs> you know but have you ever had those moments where you have the off-limit space to your guest like the place that you've last minute stashed extra shoes extra oh yeah you know sometimes it's just like a whole room <laughs> like you yeah just a like whole room the door <laughs> you know or some drawers or some closets or, you know, if you have a garage, maybe you throw it out in the garage. And have you ever, like, invited someone over to your house, and they want a tour, and they ask to look at the off-limit areas? Like, they ask to look at the places you're kind of trying to hide. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want to see what's in that room. I want to see that room. And, and usually I'm just like, oh, it's a room literally just like the other one that I was willing to show you. You know, like, <laughs> it, it, I, I usually am like, oh, there's nothing in there. You know, or, or hey, we're doing some project in there. It's kind of, you know, disheveled because what that really if we were to open that door, it tells on us, right? Mm. Like it tells on us Good. in those rooms uh, or in those spaces, or and, you know, and, and an attic seems obvious. Like nobody ever comes over to your house and asks to look in in your attic. Mm-hmm. But they might say, "Well, let me see the garage," or "Let me see, let me, let me see that guest bedroom," mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, ah, "I don't know," because that's where that's where I've hidden all the stuff to make the parts I want to show you shiny, mm-hmm. right? But what does it look like? to give jesus total access you know like Mm -hmm. to allow him to go into the areas that and spoiler we haven't really locked him off from him he knows they're there right like he knows our junk closets he knows our junk drawers he knows the the where we stash stuff in the garage like he knows all those things what does it look like for us to to prepare room for him and say you have all access Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to take you on a tour of just the places that I want you to experience in my life. Right. Jesus, I'm going to give you access behind every, you know, shut door or every closet door or every nook and cranny. Like you can inspect the place. And and when I hear let every heart prepare room, I think I go to those two places that you mentioned, Trey, like what does it look like to have our life built around Jesus? And what does it look like to give him total access? Um, even to the places that are hard to the places that are maybe painful for us to the places that we try to hide and say like, no, I, I want to create space for you here too. Because I think that's what the Holy spirit of Jesus would do is he would polite, almost politely walk into those spaces and say, okay, Trey, Andrew, you going you want to deal with these today? Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to tour this part of your, of yeah. your heart today. Yeah. You know, actually cool. let me help you clean it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's, we have a big church word for that. It's it's the word sanctification. Mm. But I think that's practically what it looks like. It's allowing Jesus to go clean our mess up with us. Um that we try to hide from everybody else. So yeah, that's let every heart prepare him room. Listeners out there, like Calm City, what does it look like for you to let let your heart prepare him room this season? What do you have to kinda let go of? Or what anxieties or what insecurities do you have to deal with in order to really give him access to your life? What are the things, what are the little sins that you've kind of thought you could come in and even decorate with a little bit and they've turned out to explode, explode in your living room, like, like the tree and, and take over way too much of your life that you didn't intend for them to do. Or, you know, what obstacles are there that keeps you from really allowing Jesus access to, to the wholeness of your heart Trey, Do you have any, any questions there that you would ask our people to consider?
1: I think that I would, um, in light of all those things and out and out of a joy that we have for Jesus, that we wouldn't, um, that we wouldn't just like take this year off because of hard circumstances to be obedient. Um, I, I think that there are certain things that you would do in other years that you don't do this year out of a love for your neighbor but that doesn't mean that you don't love your neighbor. <laughs> I think I think once we once we do get the grasp on what it means to prepare him room in our own hearts and we have that true joy in Christ like we are going to be talking about this weekend and throughout the next week and oh, gosh hopefully every day that we're asking ourselves where's the joy that we have in Jesus that from that it would not just be a missional call for God to be sent into our own hearts, but also a missional call for him to be sent uh, to our neighbors and to our families and our friends as well. And you may have to get creative with that this year. Um, but I think that the Lord still calls us um, into some
0: obedience in that. Absolutely. Man, that's really good that when we prepare Jesus room in our own hearts, it should have an overflow. Mm-hmm. Um, that just start to knock on the hearts of right the doors of the hearts of other people. That's
1: right. And it may not, it, like, it, like I said, it may not be physically, practically full living rooms this year. Yeah. But we're still invited. We're still invited into
0: that. Mm, that's really good, Trey. You know that we, we kind of go on with this song. Um, and maybe this is some fun, this is some fun trivia. We think this is a song about Christmas, but in reality, um, the author, I think it was Isaac Watts, um, who wrote joy to the world actually he himself says this is not a christmas song this is Mm -hmm. not about jesus's birth this is actually about his second coming and if you want some some evidence of that like just just look you know joy to the world the lord has come as in coming again let earth finally receive her king um joy to the earth the savior reigns you know looking at looking at uh his, his final reign, while the fields and the floods and the rocks and the hills and the plains repeat the joy of his reign. Um, the third stanza, no more let sin and sorrows grow. He comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. He comes to undo the curse. I, I think we've read before, um, one of my favorite lines in the Jesus Storybook Bible is um, actually from the, the prophet Isaiah, the section about Isaiah and it talks about the, the coming king. Um, obviously, he's going to be born. We know the prophecy is there about his birth, but also about his reign and forever reign and established reign. And he says that when he comes, he's going to make every sad thing come untrue. I think that's, that's verse 3 of joy to the world. As far as the curse is found, he's going to make his blessings flow. And then number 4, verse 4, he rules the world with truth and grace And the nations show off his righteousness. He makes the nations prove the glory of his righteousness. And we know. We know that Jesus is going to come back when all the nations can testify, can testify about his gospel and about his good news. And so sometimes we we place this song in our Advent season, but it's really about the other day, that day, the coming day that we hope um, is quickened. Because of our ability to, like Trace said, to, to go to our neighbors and to let our obedience, and I think we need to note, notate this about our obedience, to let our obedience ripple to the ends of the earth. Like every obedience step we take isn't just for the here and now. It's not for personal blessing. It's not for personal gain. It's it's not just even for, um, you know, very obvious visible, um, visible blessing or, or, or visible obedience with someone in our in our midst every step of obedience we take actually has a ripple effect to the end of the earth and when the people of god are are marching in obedience man i think we hasten the day of his return i think we make it quicker and so not a song about his birth tray it's about keeping our eyes on that coming day um one have you noticed this before and and maybe two like what makes you most excited about his return
1: yeah um That's really good. And I honestly didn't even really think about that a whole lot. Um, I'm not even really sure. I've heard this song hundreds of times, but I'm not even really sure if I knew or even have dissected into verses three and four of the song a lot. And I was just looking through them and even thinking about that in light of, of, of just like the hope that we have and how it not only hits of joy that were offered on earth but also joy that were offered um in heaven as well and and um this may or may not answer your question but I feel like it's necessary we've we've all have a reason for why why the holiday season is maybe harder than it has been in years past um whether it's coronavirus whether it's economic struggle or whatever it is but definitely Something that most f- families and, and friend groups and all of that struggle the most with is just loss. And, like, there's been family gatherings where there's just a chair missing at the table this year. Or whether it was last year was the first time or this year. And I, d- I just think that we, when we recognize that that we just, oh man, I, I guess... Just like really commissioning our people to know that like joy is still offered um, and it's not offered like with a joy that has no hope um, in fact that we're we're offered in our grief and our mourning that is also obedience <laughs> that I mean just talk about Justin Carlson, something that I've heard him say is that lamentation um, is not it's not sin it's not disobedience it's not a lack of faith it actually is a obedience to faith and in faith that we do lament um and that is so so true um and ultimately andrew i've heard you say this and i think it's somewhere in the bible that we don't grieve without a hope um and we get to sing this um we get to sing this this song in Christmas time, but we also get to like just feast on the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love all year and um, there's going to be many family gatherings where there may be a missing seat on earth, mm. but we're expectant that 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 seat's going to be filled when we reap the benefits of, of full
0: joy and hope. No, that's good Trey and that's, uh, that's even, I think just a profound look at a season that, that you know is marketed as always happy and joyful, mm-hmm. that can be hard for people. Um, myself included. I, I even just recently walked really closely with some of my best friends in the world through the through, through loss of a child and um, a little baby girl. And it's hard. I remember walking back across the pedway at the hospital thinking to myself almost almost bold enough to just say it out loud as a declaration of like one day not going to need this hospital, mm-hmm. one day not going to have to call funeral homes. And sure. I can't wait. I can't wait for that day. And I do think um, something that births joy in us is looking to that day, that he makes all things new. But I don't want to blow past the, the celebratory reasons this year too. You know, mm-hmm. in fact, um, it feels like about every week that we get to celebrate uh, a new baby being born at Commonwealth City right. Church—it's all—it's mm-hmm. all the time. Like my the group, me is just filled with um, photos and information on on new you know the new children that God has blessed so many families with. And I think about that concept of birth. Um, we we usually accompany it with a phrase like, "Oh, what a what a bundle of joy!" Mm-hmm. You know, you don't hear about you don't hear that phrase with anything else other than the birth of a child, and. When I think about what happened 2,000 years ago with Jesus' birth, um, the heavens celebrated, but the earth didn't know what was up yet. Mm-hmm. But when he comes again, the earth's going to celebrate. Yeah, that's right. Like the earth is going, it's going to be a bundle of joy. Mm-hmm. And I think looking to that day, preparing a room in our hearts, letting that overflow to our friends and neighbors, and then looking to that day is realizing that Jesus' second coming Um the all of creation kings rulers authorities all of creation will see him as the joyful the king that comes and births and births joy makes all things new Mm -hmm. you know and that doesn't mean that everybody will believe but everybody will acknowledge uh who he is and what he's done and um and to those of us that believe and to the world that's been groaning for redemption however long it's been here like it will, it will resent. What? What is it that the, the verse says, um, heaven and nature sing and they will repeat the sounding joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we look to that day for him to return. We prepare room in our, in our hearts. And now we look to that day in the future to join in with heaven and nature singing. And then we are people that just repeat that sounding joy. So this week, calm city, um, keep your eyes on, the joy of the Lord. Keep your hearts in the joy of the Lord and focus on these things. What does it mean for you to prepare a room? Uh, what does it mean for you to, to rid yourself of the things in your life that are barriers or obstacles? Um, for him having the access in your heart that he desires. Um, what does it mean for your obedience to create space in your life for Jesus to overflow into other people? And how do we repeat the sounding joy that we know is coming? We know we get to look toward and look forward to you on that day, how do we repeat that sounding joy even in this moment of not yet? How do we do that? It's our prayer over you this week and our hope over you this week that we get to walk in that together. And so as we approach Christmas, uh, may we be people that join in with what heaven and nature sing and are going to sing and that we just be people that hit repeat on the sounding joy of the good news of Jesus. We love y'all and Merry Christmas.